RBI Monthly Digest, and I'm here this month with a special guest. Of course, my name is Devin Knight, but I'm here with... Daniel Stratif. Yeah, absolutely. So, Daniel, real briefly, tell me about yourself. Uh, well, I am a training content manager and a uh, consultant here for Pragmatic Works, and uh, I, I help deliver some of these courses. We we deliver them in, in public and private, and we also develop some courses as well. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm glad you're able to join me for today, but we're going to look at uh, the month of May, the update for May for all of the Power BI desktop changes to get a look at uh, what's new, what's changed, and what are some of the exciting features that have uh, come out. And usually we always start with a section on uh, maybe the visualizations and kind of take a look at some of the new things that have happened here. So, you know, what are some of the first things that we want to look at here? I know there's some stuff with uh, some charts and things like that. What are some, what's the first one we want to look at? Well, actually, there's a, a new addition to a, the line charts. The fact that we can actually kind of adjust where we see our data labels in the line chart, something that could be really useful for maybe not that up. Oh, very nice. Very nice. So I know in the past you obviously have data labels you can use. There's been some enhancements to it. Let's take a look at it. Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. Cool. So and the visual in the bottom left of my hand corner of my screen. Now, the big issue in the past is you have these, these uh, data labels, but if you have metrics or measures that are really close to each other in numbers, they kind of fumble on top of each other and right. it's difficult to see what's what. So the addition now is we can go over to section of this visual and underneath the data labels section and if we scroll down there's now a series section which is available on a few other visuals but now it's available in the line chart that we can turn on and now we can actually pick and choose between the metrics that I have on this visual and we can determine how do we want to see the position of the labels on each one of the metrics. I want the price to be above so you can see that one and if I want the total product to be below or under, it'll adjust across. It's a nice, quick way to be able to make it so it's really easy to understand those metrics. And this is even more helpful whenever these values are really close to each other. Right. It really helps to differentiate that. And of course, when we're talking about our visuals, we want to make sure that whoever we're illustrating this to and whoever's seeing it can, can understand it best. Absolutely. All right. So I think our next one, we're going to stick kind of in the visualization area, but we're yeah. going to look at uh, what, what is it this time? Uh, it's actually going to be a, a text size change in okay. KPI. So in, in the KPI visual, we can actually change our text size now manually. Oh, there you, so a simple change that you're like, this is one of those things, and I think we said it right <laughs> before, like, why hasn't this always been there? Right, right. Uh, it's one of those kind of silly things that you're always wondering, hey, you know, why can't I change the size of my, my KPI, the text size? So they've been made a quick addition to that, so we'll show real quickly how to yeah, adjust let's that. let's take a look at it. All right. All right, so we have a KPI that's already on my screen. Select our KPI, and then underneath the indicator section, so on the uh, sorry, the top uh, settings that we have here. Uh, if we expand this, you'll see that there is an option here to increase the text size of our KPI. And you can see as we do that, obviously it's adjusting up there as well. So easy to be able to see those values no matter how large or small you want. Very simple change, but an easy one to do now available to you. So it's uh, good stuff there. Awesome. So the next one that we're going to get more into the filter pane. So the filter pane came out a few months ago. Uh, where they've taken all the filter stuff out of uh, the, the right-hand corner, the far right-hand corner, and they've made it where it has its own devoted pane to it right. now. And so what are some of the new additions that we have in the pane area? Sure. So when they first rolled out the filter pane, uh, we saw a couple of issues, especially when we started our page size, then we yeah. would actually kind of see the filter pane not really scale to that page size. Right. It look kind of giant. Um, but now we can, uh, the, the filter pane will actually scale to page size. That's good, yeah. We can also actually start, kind of editing what we see in the filter pane. Yeah. We can choose what does not doesn't show up, 
so that we can really decide what our end users or what our report viewers can see in that filter pane to kind of simplify things for them. I like it. I like it. Well, let's take a look. Let's, let's jump right into it. So uh, you can see we have a filter pane all right-hand side. Daniel mentioned a couple things that are really interesting here. You now, of course, have the ability to rename uh, some of the items in here. This, this feature, I think, came out last month, but still, look at this. This would be a great use case for it. I have two filters on here, both with the same title. I can come in here and now easily whatever I want, just double-clicking on them. I can also resort the order of these. So I brought in something like, let's say, for example, I want to uh, filter by the country. Let's go down to the sales here bring in the country column, like so. I can now not only drop it in here, but I can move it. So I can grab this, shift it around wherever I want. Seems like a very simple thing, but now it's there. It makes sure you can put maybe the most important filters up top. And of course, like you said, you can rename them. Uh, the other thing that was an addition this month as well, now have the ability to apply anything that's within your theme file. So the theme file that you have up top can now include the filter pane because we've seen in the past that you can actually adjust the filter pane whenever you go look at the format section of the page. You'll see here the filter pane can be adjusted and there's all kinds of settings here that are available to you. Those settings are now also available inside of the context of your theme file. So you can set up the theme so that it picks up or passes in whatever values you want for the appearance of the filter pane. So good stuff there as well. Cool. All right. So the next uh, talk about at least is some additions to uh, some of the latest visuals. So right. there was, uh, that which came out a few months ago, the key influencer visual, and they've made some additions to it where you can now do things. So basically you can bend a metric together and group them together so that way you have uh, the ability to analyze that and say, I want all of my values where there was from one from zero to 10, from 11 to 20, that sort of thing. You can create bends out of your metrics. Right, right. So a nice little addition there. And really one of the bigger things that came mm -hmm. out of this release was the performance analyzer. Yes. So this is a really exciting feature. Tell us about this one a little bit. So the performance analyzer is, is a really powerful tool that's gonna allow you to kind of uh, investigate the, the performance of your different visuals, see exactly where you might have some hangups or, or where you might have, see some issues in the, in the way your is performing, especially even including DAX calculations, so. This is a really cool one. So I, uh, you know, something I talked about too is with the name performance analyzer, you'd hope that it'd tell things to do to fix it. Yeah. It doesn't quite do that, but it does, like you said, it points out the areas where things need to be uh, looked at. Um, it'll give you render time of, if even if it doesn't touch your data, but it's like a button or something right. like that, it'll tell you how much time it's spent to render that. So let's take a look. Let's take a look let's at this one and uh, see how we can play around with it. All right, so in our example we've been using, you want to turn on the performance analyzer, you'll go up to the view menu up in the top here. And underneath the view menu, you'll select the performance analyzer. So that's a new option that's made available to you here. And it's kind of like a trace. If you've done any kind of SQL Server performance tuning, if you've run traces in the past, it's very similar to that where you can hit a little start recording and it will record all of the queries that are run within the context of your page, really all your pages that you have. Now we've started the recording. So as we actually select, see new things pop up here. And you can see because I cross-highlighted this table with everything else on my report, that it actually gave me some cross-highlighted queries. And I can see how long it took for each visuals to render. So you can expand this and you can take the details of it. Um, now there's a couple things to know here is as you get these, you can hover above these and a nice little tooltip pops up to tell you what the, exactly these are. So it tells you what the DAX query time is. It tells you what the visual display time is. So for instance, if it has to do any kind of geocoding, which you do want to map, that might take more of the visualization time. Absolutely. Uh, there is this rather large bucket of other. <laughs> and this is really where the issue is, is a lot of what you're going to see with your latency is going to be in this other section. Yeah. So. 
Power BI is working on it. Yeah, they're going a little bit more detail in the future. But as as of right now, this is really just kind of telling us how much time it's waiting in the queue, or if it's waiting for other things to to render as well. Yeah, and that's an interesting point. Like the the queue here is it, it likely could take up a, lot, a fair amount of time. So all these things are maybe perhaps waiting for one thing to render prior to it before it can render. So right. you'll see some interesting stuff when it comes to that that it, that other bucket is oftentimes going to be the larger one in these cases. And like you said. I think um, we'll see over time as Microsoft improves on this tool, mm-hmm. they'll probably give you better descriptions of this. Uh, now, the other thing that is interesting about this, in the top right, you'll see there's an export option. And that export option will allow you to export the JSON file, which you could then build your own Power BI reports on top of or render reports and other tools if you needed to. But you can then look at that, and that'll give you great granularity or greater detail of what you see inside this little window here. So if you wanted to get more details of this, the export option is a great way to do that. Um, you can also, of course, stop the recording. So if you want to stop doing this, you can hit, hit stop. You can clear this out. You can also do individual visuals. So you'll notice the header area of each of these visuals, when you look at it, has this little option here where you can actually refresh this visual. And the purpose of that is if you just want to see the performance of one visual. So if you're trying to see uh, over time uh, if this one's gotten this one in particular visual has gotten better, then you can refresh it, and it'll give you t- the time just for that one visual here that you can analyze. And as you would imagine, I would expect things like the display to be a little higher on the geocoding for our map as opposed to the other ones. So pretty interesting feature here. There's a lot of things you'll, you'll probably see will be improved on this one, but it's a great first step here into getting us the ability to actually see where our reports are running slower. Great. All right, so last question I mentioned, uh, one has to do with date tables. So if you, say for instance, you work with Power BI, you may or may not already realize this, but Power BI creates this date table behind the scenes automatically for yes. you. And there's been a change to this, right? So what's the what right. the change here? So now you can actually turn off the function for Power BI building an automatic date table for you in the background. If, say, you already have date tables within your data model, you don't necessarily want to go ahead and start you know, adding redundancy to your model right. and, and adding extra weight. Yeah, so there's a quick setting. We can show this real quickly, but there's a setting to actually change the way this appears. Let's go ahead and take a look. All right, so very quickly, easy one to show here. We're gonna go to file menu. So we'll go to file and options. Let's see, Oop, thank you, options. That's why I do it with two people. Someone actually point out where I'm messing up. And underneath the data load section, under the global settings, you'll see there's an option here for the auto date table or date time for the new files. So this would do it for any new incoming files. There's also a setting in here for your current file. So if you just wanted this one file to not have a date table, but any other ones may potentially you do want a date table, you could determine whether or not you want to turn that on or off. So again, the idea behind this is if you are bringing your own date table from your data source, then you're making your own, then you likely don't want to use Power BI's date table. So you can uncheck the auto creation and then this will save some storage space, a little bit of storage space, but it'll save some space with inside of the model that you create. So simple feature, but easy to, to do and it gives you some additional capability there. All right, so the few other things to lightly mention at least is the, uh, some updates to the all selected measures. So there are, there's some additional parameters they've given you now yes. and the all selected DAX function. So if you use all selected, take a look. There's some changes that have been made with it. And then a few other things very briefly, there is uh, some Esri map changes. So if you have anything that wasn't able to properly geocode with Esri maps, then there's been a little warning sign that kind of helps you out a little bit with that. But a lot of cool things. Performance analyzer, probably the biggest thing here, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, being able to see, even even have an idea of where you might see some hangups, where you might see some issues. And we saw some of this uh, a couple months ago when they, they started releasing. We can actually look at our different 
problems and, yeah. and, and analyze the way that we're performing. So the fact that they're allowing us to, to really troubleshoot our data model is, is huge. Absolutely. Well, hey, we want to thank you guys for attending. Again, Daniel Stratif and Devin Knight. We appreciate it. And of course, as always, make sure you comment below. What was your favorite feature? Let us know what you were most interested in. And of course, always subscribe and hit the notification so you can receive notifications whenever we post new videos. And of course, we have additional training. So if you're looking for training beyond just these monthly updates, if you're looking to get more in-depth, we offer a lot of training courses that Daniel teaches, that I, I teach. Uh, we have them both where we can come on site and teach them as well as through our on-demand portal. Hope you enjoyed this this month, and we look forward to seeing you in the next month. Take care.